This is the Oanda Market Insights podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world with a preview and review of the business and market stories. Let's speak to Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Let's start with the latest from the markets and the UK and European markets have opened slightly higher. Yeah, we've got a little bit of a positive start, quite small moves at the moment. I do feel like we're in a bit of a consolidation phase in these markets. There's a lot of positivity priced in and some of the kind of downside, near-term downside risks are starting to materialise in the form of uh, in the form of the coronavirus um, and the severity of these new strains, which are causing massive problems, not least here in the UK. Uh, but I, th- I feel like maybe with that's just putting a bit of a dampener on on sentiment right now uh, and and just easing uh, these stock markets off the highs. But I think it's really important to note that that's all it's doing. It's only easing them off the highs at this moment in time. And I think obviously we're kind of in this um, the, this middle ground with regards to US politics. Obviously, we're less than a week now um, before Joe Biden's inauguration. There's maybe a little tiny bit of apprehension about the prospect of any issues over the course of the next six days, given the events last week uh, in the capital. Um, So maybe we're seeing that kind of hold things back as well. And finally, earnings season starts at the end of this week. So again, just another reason maybe just for why investors are in a bit of kind of wait and see mode and just kind of sitting on the fence temporarily. So uh, I think there's a number of reasons why we are seeing these much smaller uh, moves going uh, over the course of this week. You mentioned the United States. Did the impeachment, the second impeachment indeed, of President Trump last night have any effect on US markets? No, I mean, I think it was it was priced in. It's been talked about for days now, and it's been clear that it was going to that this was going to happen in the House, and it was also clear that it wasn't going to make it to the Senate prior to the twentieth. So this is going to be something that's going to be carried over over the course of the next few months at some stage, um, which to an extent will benefit the Democrats in their impeachment proceedings because obviously they'll have better numbers over in the Senate, uh, but there may even be grow more support as well uh, on the opposition side as well. So this isn't something that's having an impact on the markets per se because it doesn't really have any bearing on the next uh, six days. The thing that it could have a bearing on, of course, is what happens in four years' time and who's going to be running. Uh, and I think that's probably going to be the the, the main uh, thing that's going to be that's going to be focused on over the course of the next few months. But as far as the markets are concerned. It's almost, in a weird way, old news. Um, the focus in the markets is the new administration, what they're going to do, talk uh, of a potential $2 trillion stimulus program um, being put forward by Joe Biden. Uh, and that's that, I think that's really going to be the dominant thing as far as these markets are concerned. Um, without wishing to get too much into the politics of it all, as far as the impeachment goes, as we all know, the oldest cliche in the book, markets hate uncertainty. There are some Republicans who argue that by impeaching President Trump, whether it's uh, after the fact, after he's no longer president, it increases that uncertainty because it might actually appeal to his base. Uh, Do you think markets would prefer if it just went away, Joe Biden becomes the president and we don't have to think about President Trump uh, for some time to come? Although, of course, who knows? in 2024. Is it just a case that the Democrats want to make sure that President Trump can never run for office again? 
Yeah, I think it is the latter. We've got to remember that the markets don't have political views. The markets just focus on what's good for the markets. That sounds obvious, but that's how it is. That's why something like last week was brushed aside, even though to many of us it was quite shocking to see. And but the having having said that, um, uh, you know there were people talking about a semi-civil war. That wouldn't be good for any economy. Um, I know that's sort of far beyond where we are at the moment, but uh, the instability, you know, riots on the streets, and we've got massive amounts of security in every single major US city. Um, so markets surely look at that and think about it for a while. I don't, I don't think the markets are thinking about that right now because that still seems a, a kind of far off possibility. But that's obviously the what the, the seed that Trump is trying to place in the minds of those who are going to be uh, voting uh, in the Senate uh, over the course of the next few months. This idea that if you impeach me, then you could cause much greater problems. So you've really got to think this uh, through. Um, and should that come to pass and should we see uh, more instability, then yes, we may see some more impact on the markets. But again, the, the, there's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes within that. So I don't think it's something that the markets are paying too much attention to uh, at this point in time. And what's more is I don't think that is... Uh, that's something that the Democrats are going to be uh, are going to be put off by because I think from their perspective the most important thing, especially after the events of last week, is going to be um, is going to be ensuring that Trump can't run again in four years' time. Over to this side of the Atlantic, Craig, and uh, bumper Christmas sales for Tesco just to show that there are some economic winners during this crisis. The supermarkets have done well throughout the last year, really. Um, people still want to spend their money and people still want to treat themselves. They want to give themselves something to look forward to. And when you can't see friends, when you can't go to bars and restaurants, when you can't socialise, when you can't see family, then you, you, you your options are, are few and far between. And it seems from these earnings that one of the options that you do have is to buy some extra uh, bits from the supermarket at Christmas online, uh, obviously, because that's... Um, that's where people have been pushed towards uh, during these lockdowns. But also, it was interesting to see that the they were saying that there was a lot more spending on things like their finest range. So that because people are trying to make it as special a Christmas as possible, they are splashing out a little bit of extra cash on the higher end goods um, in order to try and do so. Again, in keeping with this idea that people do still have money to spend, and when you can't spend it on what you want, then you you find other alternatives to try and still make uh, the, that period. Uh, as special as possible and that could be something as simple as uh, just treat yourself to something a bit higher end in, in uh, at the supermarket so it was re- they are interesting results obviously a, a surge in spending um, uh, and a surge in online shopping I think the interesting thing is going to, in, over the in, in a few months time is going to be how many people continue to do things like the online shopping uh, I think it obviously will pull pair back slightly but it's going to be interesting to see just how many continue with that trend because as we've said before this is a trend that was already developing this is something that we were already seeing. This the, the pandemic vastly accelerated it. So the question now is going to be just how, just 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 how sustainable was that acceleration, um, and what's that going to mean for consumers' habits uh, in the years to come? Yeah, speaking from a personal point of view, Craig, I've always sort of shied away a bit from. Uh, online shopping because I'm a bit of an old uh, old chap, old traditional. Uh, but I've actually seen 
the beauty of it really you pick something you order it it turns up there's no hassle and that's it so you know perhaps for the younger generation they're so used to online shopping for anybody 35 40 plus they're suddenly turned on to it yeah absolutely uh, i mean i'm probably in the same camp i mean i i'm i'm strangely in the group that i quite like wandering around the supermarket and seeing what treats there are seeing what you can get yourself christmas shopping um i, I like going around the around the 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 shopping centre or wherever it is that you buy your, want to buy your presents, Oxford Street, whatever, and just getting kind of in that festive spirit. But I, I've certainly seen the benefits um, of the online shopping experience over the course of the months and being options and ease, uh, for example. So, yeah, I think, and therefore, I think what we'll probably see is we'll probably see people adopt the online shopping a lot more um, while still retaining some element of uh, of their past um, of their past experiences. So that's it's obviously that's not good news for the high street, and the, the high street is now going to have to evolve quite quickly. And the question is, how much are they going to have to change? Because how much are people going to keep? Uh, with the online habit and how much are they going to continue to treasure those little uh, experiences that I've just been talking about. Uh, Finally, one of your pet subjects, uh, Bitcoin, uh, Christine Lagarde uh, calling for regulatory scrutiny of uh, Bitcoin and because it's sort of escaped scrutiny thus far, hasn't it really? And uh, uh, the rise and rise in recent weeks of Bitcoin is obviously tailed off a bit now. Uh, But is this bad news for Bitcoin? Seemingly not. I think what we've got to remember is uh, Bitcoin enthusiasts are used to being cast aside. They're used to uh, to hearing comments from people in high and powerful positions uh, being uh, disparaging comments about the cryptocurrency industry. Um, obviously, these were um, pretty scathing comments Um uh, from Christine Lagarde, uh, just to give one quote, she said, for those who assumed it might turn into a currency, terribly sorry, but this is an asset and it's a highly speculative asset, uh, which conducted some funny business and some interesting and totally reprehensible money laundering activity. I mean, these are sta- <laughs> these are some quite scathing comments from the head of the central bank, but then they were brushed aside. Bitcoin even today is back at $38,000. So it's clearly doing okay uh, in the face of this staunch opposition. But I think what Christine Lagarde's comments um, and other uh, people's comments show is that, uh, and have shown over the months, is that it's not necessarily the technology which they're averse to. They're all developing their own digital currencies. They're opposed to the lack of control that comes with them. They're concerned about the tax implications. They're concerned about a number of different things with Bitcoin. And that's going to be a massive challenge because unless you can get policymakers on board, then mass adoption is just going to be almost impossible. The, the period ahead is so important for the cryptocurrency space because they need to find a way to retain what it is that they stand for, but unless uh, they can get officials on board as well, then they, they, they're going to remain on the fringes and it's going to remain um, nothing more than a speculative uh, instrument, as Lagarde pointed out, but also as the FCA pointed out um, earlier this week when they said that if you if you tr- if you speculate in Bitcoin, then you've got to be prepared to lose everything, uh, and that is how the the policymakers and the bodies are viewing correctly viewing uh, things like Bitcoin at this moment in time. Okay, Craig, thanks for joining us this morning, and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Thank you.